I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. <sighs> you know, I did a audition um, early in my career, and it was for a pilot that didn't get picked up. And uh, the character I auditioned for, I even got a callback audition for this thing, and I just, I totally botched the callback audition <laughs> because I just didn't want to do it after I had said <laughs> I would, you know, wanted to come down to the audition. And welcome to the show, Bill. Hello, how are you? I'm doing swell. How are you? <laughs> well, Nito, you're doing swell. I'm doing Nito. <laughs> Amazing. Um, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. I love talking to fellow actors who have been in this industry and working their tails off for a long time. Um, first, before we get into, you know, your newest release. Um, I'd love to kind of talk to you about what got you into acting and how you started and how you found your passion for this. Well, you know, I, I've got 41 years of experience in 
broadcast radio. Wow. And started as a DJ in 1981 at uh, a radio station. And one thing that I learned early on is that radio is kind of acting as well. You walk into that studio and you hang your emotions and your problems and your, you know, stuff up on the outside of the control room door when you walk in there because your job as an entertainer, you know, back then it was a lot of just entertaining. Uh, yeah, your job yeah. as a as a DJ was to entertain the the audience and tell them about music, new concerts coming up, different stuffs going on in the community and stuff. And so you're kind of acting in a way anyway. Um, mm -hmm. Fast forward to about 2004, three somewhere in there. I had uh, I have the the blessing of having the Florida State Film School number one or uh, number fourteen film school in the country. Yeah. Uh, in my backyard, so I get a fax into the radio station that should tell you how old I am right there. Uh, saying they're holding open auditions for the community to come out and, and you don't have to be a, a student. You don't have to be enrolled in the film school. You just come out and volunteer to be an actor. You get a lot of wow. extras and stuff like that because not all the parts are written for, you know, 18, 19, 20-year-old college students. Mm -hmm. They needed parts that were, you know, the parent or the teacher or the driving instructor or the football coach. So I went down and auditioned and... Um, they, I was nervous as could be, which is really <laughs> silly. And, uh, they, they picked me up and started, you know, using me in student films. And oh, after about wow. 30 student films and also independent, independent films and commercials I'd done with a friend of mine, Fred Rabath, uh, I, you know, got divorced, raised my kids, figured, you know what, I'm going to give it a shot. I was 50 years old. My friends thought I was absolute bonkers. To, to even try to embark on something like that. It's like you're 50, you know, you're an old guy and you're just wanting to start this new career of acting. And I said, well, Hollywood has a lot of young, fresh faces. They don't have a lot of old, fresh faces. So mm -hmm. I decided I was going to try to be the old, fresh face and got an agent. And short time later, got my first uh, TV role with Burn Notice. And yeah. my first my first film was really I was thrown in the deep end and and pretty much uh, seek or swim. It was a Michael Bay production with Mark Wahlberg, uh, Anthony Mackie, and Dwayne Johnson. Good God! That I'm acting with, and I I had a few lines in that, but yeah, no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that you decided to do this at you know, well, what you say is old. I don't think it's old, but older. it is true. Older. There you go. It is true that there are so many fresh faces in Hollywood that are younger, but um, as I've noticed, as I've grown in this industry and grown up in this industry, people fall away the older that you get. They start to realize, oh, maybe I need to have a second career. Oh, I need to take care of my children. Oh, I need to do this. And it's all very commendable and whatever their reason is, it's fine. But there do there is a fallout. And so for you to come in at an older age than what most people start at is really sort of brilliant because <laughs> you you've had like you, these incredible life experiences that you can bring to roles and um maybe not as much of the heartache as some of us who've mm -hmm. been in it from mm -hmm. you know teenage <laughs> years well i mean in the business at least right um but you've been able to to create a, a career on this and you're right there are there are so many roles 
for people, you know, 40 and up, which I'm going to be there in the next 10 years, but it's... <laughs> I have t-shirts older um... than you. <laughs> hey, I just turned 30. <laughs> um, but it's it's true. And it's, it's cool because, because you came in at the industry at, at 50. Like, I bet the roles that you've been able to do are probably a lot cooler than the ones that you would have had to start at when you were saying college. Yeah. And I, I, you know, and I, I'm very thankful, very grateful that I decided to wait until, um, you know, older on my kids were grown and Mm -hmm. had a lot of life experiences. Um, but yeah, don't ever let anybody crush your dream, no matter what it is. I mean, if you aspire to be, you know, a phlebotomist, well, you know what that is? (laughs) I think so. Phlebotomy is the art of drawing blood, basically. There we go. But, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, I stay away to... from that. That freaks me out. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, if you want to be a, you know, a plumber, a truck driver, yeah. if you want to frame houses for a living, never stop learning and always go after it. And don't ever let anybody tell you you're too old. You're not good looking enough. I mean, I look at it this way. I don't have to worry about finding my abs and, and staying chiseled. Heck on yeah. screen because you don't have to worry about I have that the dad bod, you know? Right. You're rocking the dad <laughs> no bod. You can be the dad. You can, I mean, I just feel like there's so many more interesting roles um, later on in life. It's why I've always aspired to be more of like an Alice and Janney who found their, oh, yeah. their voice, you know, in their, in their mid forties, got her first big role then. And, you know, it allowed her to have this, this freedom and character that you don't really mm-hmm. get when you're in your 20s and 30s. In your 20s, you're only a college person or a teenager. In your 30s, you're only playing like the young mom. But by the time right. you reach your 40s and 50s, you get to have like full-fledged characters with careers. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's not only careers, but there is a lot of the the life experience stuff, the a, a lot of the nervous stuff kind of falls away after you've mm-hmm you know, you figured a lot of stuff out in your life. Um, you don't walk into auditions. I love the auditioning process, by the way, but you don't walk into auditions just shaking in your boots because, you know, you gotta, you gotta get this one to, to, to feed your family. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's, it's usually if you're older, you've had that job that's been a career field job and and you're established and hopefully you've got your bills paid down or off and, and you don't, you can be a little bit more selective on the parts you play. I love that. So how long into your new journey as an actor did you book Hillbilly Elegy, which is an incredible film? Yeah. Um, two years ago, I shot that. So I'd, I'd been shooting for, I'd been professional for about seven years, eight years, somewhere in there. And uh, had a blast working on that film. Glenn Close is an amazing actress. Brilliant. In my opinion, she should have won. Not, taking nothing against any anyone else. Not not trying to take it away from the actual winner. Can't remember who that is. But <laughs> she's long overdue. Amy Adams is yeah. long overdue. They've yeah. multiple yeah. nominations between the two of them. And I think Glenn nailed the part. She... She was just mamma. I mean, she was just absolutely amazing. Um, we had gone out when we first started or were getting ready to start uh, shooting on that film. 
-hmm. We all met up in North Georgia at a um, clubhouse for a hotel or golf. It was a golf course, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And it had been pouring rain. We were going to go down and see the the Vance house where it was going to be shoot uh, shot at, uh, shot around a lot of. And Glenn's wearing flip-flops and <laughs> she's out there traipsing through the mud and mud squishing between her toes and <laughs> not a big deal. And Ron's like, hey, do you want some other shit? Nah, I'm fine. You know, she's just, <laughs> just a great, great lady and, and just really down to earth. That, that entire cast was fantastic. I mean, it was a beautiful movie to watch. I felt that Glenn, she has this incredible ability to bo be both like terrifying and be able to induce sympathy in the viewer. And it's, it's such mm -hmm. a difficult line to draw because at times you're like, yeah. what is this lady doing? Like she doesn't, doesn't deserve this love. Right. And then you'd be, but wait a second. She's, she's Mima. She's the person, she's yeah. the ma matriarch. You have to, you have to care for her. And, and my family is from Appalachian, you know, their, mm. their roots are in West Virginia, Tennessee, Virginia, uh, the Carolinas and Kentucky where I grew up at, but that was a lot of my family. You know, that was a lot yeah. of families that we knew up there. It was, you know, my, my grandparents, my grandfather was a coal miner in the mm. mountains of West Virginia and, um, you know, raised a garden and chopped wood and, uh, rolled cigarettes all with one hand. He lost <laughs> his right hand in a coal mining accident. Oh my gosh. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it doesn't portray every family up there, but that portrayal was a lot of people's real life. Yeah. You know? What was it like for you to work with Ron Howard? I mean, someone that I'm sure you've watched your whole life. Yeah. He is um, just a really, really nice person. I mean, just a really genuinely nice guy. Um, oh, we I were, love that. We, yeah, he's he's absolutely amazing. Um, we were, I think we shot for a couple of days, and then me and a few other people that um, one of the couple of the uncle, yeah, my brothers in the film, and then a couple other people went out and had some dinner at a outdoor old restaurant that had been converted from a gas station. So we're out under the canopy enjoying the North Florida or uh, North Georgia mountains and the cool breeze and everything. And here comes Ron, one of the producers walking down the street and uh, I waved and he jumped the curb, came over and said hi and chatted with us for a while and um, had some people come up and recognized him and wanted to get a picture and he took pictures and stuff. And you know, he's just a really, really, really nice guy. Just a real genuine person. I, I, I can't speak highly enough of, of yeah, how, yeah. of his character, how nice of a person he is. That's so nice to hear because I feel like if you've been in this industry for as long as someone like him, it's very easy to become jaded and not nice. <laughs> so it's yeah. nice to hear that he's so loving towards his his people on his sets that's one thing that also coming into this later in my life that i've i've made that promise i'm not going to be that guy who treats somebody differently because they're an extra or a stand-in you know i um, just shot a project or in the middle of shooting a project that kenny was my stand-in you know for this particular day 
and I got to know him. Bob was my stand-in on another series I'm shooting. So I want to know these people, then, you know, get up, go talk to the extras and make them feel like they're not just there to fill a seat or, or make movement in the background that they're, you know, I like hearing their stories um, and, and love the fact they're so ingenuine, you know, they're so genuine about they want to be there and they want to see what's going on and be a part of something that's to me, incredibly special. Hmm. That's really nice. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. I want to talk to you a little bit about the new Wonder Years show that you're on as Coach Wright. How is that? I love the reboot. I think it's so great. How is the experience for you? You know, it is so great. I, I love the reboot. I love the Williams family. Uh, they all do such a fantastic job. That is incredible writing. Um, EJ who plays Dean is a, a, just a joy to be around. It's really nice. Hmm. Uh, he's got a great father left to Williams, former Harlem Globetrotter, uh, that he teaches. No you know, he kids, yeah. He teaches his kids you know, manners and right and wrong. And, and, um, and he's, he and his, I mean, they're doing a great, he and his wife doing a great job raising these kids because mm-hmm. they're all talented and they're all fantastic kids. Uh, Delay, Saycon, uh, all the people that play parts of the family, just genuinely nice people. And I love the show. I mean, I am, if, even if I weren't on the show, I'd be watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just really, really special. I think so too. I think it really captures something beautiful about, you know, the American experience for when it's supposed to be set. And I think 
don't know. I just I like this reboot because most reboots now it's like, you know, the same thing, but I don't maybe a tiny bit different. But I feel like the right. Wonder Years one, it actually works to do a reboot, you know? Like there's a real reason right. to do it. It's not just another, well, let's see these same darn characters over and over again. No, it's it's a new family with new problems and in a new world. Yeah, and reboot is I think for the Wonder Years is a little, I've heard them talk about reimagining and I think that's really dead on is, is how it's not a reboot. You're not, you know, EJ's character's name is not, um, (laughs) Oh, I don't know. I can't tell you the old one. He's not Kevin. Kevin. The original character was Kevin. And, um, you know, it's, it's a different time. It's 1969. It's from an African-American point of view. Yeah. It's in the middle of Vietnam war, but everybody can relate to all this stuff that they talk about in the film. And it's, you know, it's just a, it's, it, it'll touch on subjects, but it's not something that is um, overwhelmingly there to, you know, shove an opinion down to your throat or, or something yeah. like that. I would say that's probably what they have taken from the original is that I remember the original show not being so like so-called preachy, but always teaching right. you a lesson, you know, yep. and it felt good to learn from it. And that's, I think what, you know, what we really need right now is, is content like that so that we're not so overwhelmingly exposed by like, I don't know, just violence and everything else all the time. Yeah. We focus, you know, when I, I don't want to get preachy as well, but we focus, we tend to focus on the differences, you know, that, that people have, mm-hmm. and we have so many things in common with other people of every race, creed, color, sexuality, whatever you want to say. Um, there are so many things in common that, but yeah. we don't focus on that. That's, that's one of the reasons I'm not a big social media fan. I'm on there because I want to connect with the people that I know and, and friends and stuff, but I, I just refuse to engage when somebody jumps on my site and says something political or, mm. you know, anti this or anti that, or I just stay away from it because it's easy for me to just, if I, don't, I see something I don't like on social media, I just, I just keep scrolling. It I'm not it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's talk about your, your newest release, which is still out in theaters right now, where the crowd ads sing. I mean, a hit novel produced by Reese Witherspoon. Holy Lord in heaven. Tell me all about it. (laughs) Well, I think the book now, it's funny. I went to the bookstore a little while ago, and I think the book now is 15 million copies sold worldwide. Wild. So it's it's at that point where it's now setting, you know, going to set a record here. of It's phenomenal. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is Delia Owens. Uh, the writer, that was, that was her first book. Yeah. And um, I understand she's in the, you know, she's starting another one or in the middle of another uh, project right now, but the book is amazing. I'd read the book. I was about midway through the book when I got the audition. And then I was down to just about the last chapter, right before the last chapter, before uh, when I found out I got the part. So I had a really good knowledge of um, who Sheriff Jackson was. And then we have Lucy Alibar, who put out a amazing screenplay, uh, screen adaptation of this book. And, and it's hard. And people go, well, you know, they're worried about if it's going to be like the book. And I think there's always going to be concern when you're, you're adapting a book into a screenplay because 
you got 390 pages that you've got to cram into two hours. Yeah, of, it's a difficult task. Quality content, and I think, I think the the proof is in the pudding, as they say, um, because it's got a 96 rating on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. People are going to see it one, two, three times. I've seen it three times. I just saw it the other day because I wanted to go to a small theater and just be a fan and and uh, go see the movie. And I, every time I go, I just I cry. You know, I tear up. Uh, it's yeah. an amazing journey and it's shot extremely well. Uh, Su Chan did a fantastic job. Polly Morgan, um, our cinematographer. Um, captured the beauty of the marsh and the wildlife and uh just it just has a fantastic look to it and then you've got you know some incredibly talented uh people in front of the cameras with daisy Edgar jones taylor john smith uh harris dickinson mm -hmm. um it, it, yeah it, it just when we started shooting this thing it it it's high it's hard to wrap your head around it you know you yeah. think well i hope it you know turns out well and stuff and then to for it to come out and you're watching the success of this film, it just, you just, you, you're so proud to be a part of it, but you're proud of those people around you who, who really made this stuff magical. And isn't that kind of the best part about it is like, you get to do these incredible things that you've never really been able to like dream up. And then you yeah. get to release it into the world and everyone's work, everyone's hard work is seen. And it's like yeah. this moment of, I don't know, just beautiful, creative expression where you're just like, here it is. Here we are. We did mm -hmm. this. We made this as a team, as a family. Here it is. Yeah, we. Um, I went to the premiere in New York and uh, got to see everybody again. And, and I told <laughs> Livy Newman, our director, who did an incredible job on this film, um, I saw her at the premiere and I'm like, I'm just making sure it's you because everybody was wearing a mask. <laughs> so oh I only gosh. saw from this, this far up. So there's a lot of people that I, I'm like, I think that's so-and-so, but I'm not sure. Cause I'm used to her put a mask on so I can tell that you. Um, so it was, and then to have uh, Reese come by and, and be part of that premiere was, it was just all surreal. It was just such a great experience. Oh, I love that. It's so funny with the mask thing. I've definitely had that on set the past couple of years where like somebody will take their mask off when we're eating or something and they'll have like a mustache and I'm like, wait a yeah. second. What? Yeah. That's what the lower half it's of like, your uh, face do this. is? You got a little something right there. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> um, well, that's yeah. so cool. I, I can't wait to see it. I have not been able to get to the theater yet, um, but I, it's on my list. Well, and bring some I'm tissues. Well, yeah. See, I've been very, I've been in a fragile state lately. I don't know that I can handle it. Maybe I'll like yeah. sneak in. There, there were three points too. in there that I, at the premiere, we were just, uh, it was just, you hear the gasps and the, mm. the what? And all these different emotions coming out of people around you. And it's, it, you just want to go, yes. You know, especially when people, <laughs> you know, you see people doing this and wiping tears away. Oh, yeah, and when you stuff. hear those snivels, you're like, oh, yeah, we got yeah. you. Yeah, I, I went, I was shooting in Savannah last week and I went to this little small theater. and uh, There were some people down in front of, of me that I, I kept hearing the, the sniffs and stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, she, she got bit by that one. I love that. 
On this show, we like to share um, bad audition stories or, or sad ones <laughs> or funny ones. Um, is there Boy, do I have audition? one for you. <laughs> yes. Is there one you would like to share with the listeners? <sighs> you know, I did a audition um, early in my career, and it was for a pilot that didn't get picked up. And uh, the character I auditioned for, I even got a callback audition for this thing, and I just... I totally botched the callback audition because <laughs> I just didn't want to do it after I had said <laughs> I would, you know, wanted to come down to the audition. But it was um, a scene where my character lives out in the woods and he's, you know, kind of a loner and weird. And um, the main character comes up and my dog starts humping his leg and I'm like, ah, oh, it's no big deal jump up here, boy. And, you know, I got the dog up on the table and then my character is having to, uh, uh, I, I just don't know how to say this other than you have to masturbate the dog. And that's the thing is like, yeah, once you take care of this, he'll be fine. It won't be humping your leg anymore. And I'm like, ah, uh, just, it's yeah, so that's the one. That's the one so right there. My mother's like, like mimic this in the audition room. Did you have? Yeah, it okay. was. Uh, yeah, you're you're like you know pet the dog and you're doing your you know uh, hand motion there and it's like yeah. It was, I was very fortunate that I didn't get that part. I was also my you know my mother would have killed me. She's like I'm oh, so yeah. glad you didn't get that part. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The whole family would have disowned you then. Um, yeah. What, I mean, what was that like in the room with, because you said you got a callback. So what was that like in the room yeah. with like the producers and whatnot? Because I just can't and imagine that to be like, I don't know, a comfortable situation. Well, I'm kind of somebody that, you know, I don't have a lot of filter on my mouth sometimes. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, I like playing around in comedy and cracking jokes and stuff. So. I was doing this and, and watching the director and the producer actually chuckle at it. So, you know, it was great that I got a laugh out of it, but, yeah. um, you know, that it, um, they felt I wasn't the, the hand they wanted, you know, <laughs> what a choice of words. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow, wow. Well, I'm actually a little sad that that pilot didn't go because I would have loved to have seen what other weird <laughs> shit was in it. <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah, you know, I didn't get, you, you just get the sides when they're doing these auditions and yeah. I didn't get to see the whole script, but uh, yeah, it didn't get picked up. So I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we're all okay. Uh, so what's next for you, Mr. Kelly? What are you doing now? What are you working on? What can you share with us? I'm working on a series now, um, and I can't really say too much about it, but a, a shooting in Savannah, it's a period piece, mm. which is so fun to do because you get to play dress up and wear, you know, 18th centuries, uh, 18th century costumes, and, you know, facial hair and your, your style of the day is slicked back. And so that was fun to shoot. Uh, I've got more of that to come up at the end of the month. And then I've got a series that's been picked up that I'm in the pilot on and uh, got picked up by NBC. Nice. Um, nice. Don't know how much I can reveal on that yet because I don't want to jinx it, but I'm pretty sure I'll be been doing that one more. And then Wonder Years comes back for season two, so I've got that in the pipeline as well. Again, I just don't know how 
many times I'm going to be seen in yeah. season two. So wow. there's some well, stuff out there. It's amazing. And you are such an inspiration. And I hope everybody who's listening to this episode uh, really takes away that you can do whatever you want at whatever age. And if it's something that you want to go after, go do it. And you are an example of that. Yeah. You'll, you'll be the same age if you don't. Mm. Oh, I like that. That's nice. Well, thank you so much, Bill, for coming on. It's been such a pleasure talking to you and I wish you you all success. I greatly appreciate it. Thanks again to Bill for coming on the show and spending some time with me. Catch Where the Crawdad Sings in theaters right now. Go to the theater. Tell me what you think. Next week is very special. It is our 100th episode. I cannot believe I've done 100 episodes. That is wild to me. And I have a very special guest from the world's favorite TV show right now, The Bear. And um, it was so fun getting to know him. So tune in next week for that. Until then, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you're listening to it right now. Hit that love button or the stars buttons or whatever buttons are in front of you and uh, show show us some love because we love you. And as always, thanks for coming in. Greetings, fantasy fans and adventure aficionados. I'm your host, Kip Killigan, and to my left is the legendary Stormclad Thundertongue. Uh, who in the hell's put sleeves on my suit? Join us every Monday to watch teams of heroes rise through the ranks of the League of Ultimate Questing. We're serving up a double-decker high fantasy blood sport burger with all the comedy fixins and no napkins. Bring a bib, because things are going to get messy. Visit the LUQ.com or wherever your favorite podcasts are available. No dungeon too deep, no quest too questionable. This is the League of Ultimate Questing. And now a word from our sponsors. One out of four barbarians over 30 suffer from enraged child dysfunction. I can't keep it up like I used to. That's why there's Viagra for rage enhancement. Ask your party cleric if Viagra is right for you. Contact an apothecary for any rages lasting more than four hours. Viagra. We keep you raging hard on the battlefield.